I'm gonna smoke a bowl real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, is this the um, this is the pot from last week that I never? Yeah, you took like a hit. Like, yeah, I just let, that's, you know. <laughs> no, it's fine. In that's, the morning, especially, I feel I like know, I'm like, like I gotta drive after this. It's like <laughs> it's not even noon yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well. Oh. <coughs> One quick thing. I just want to uh, issue a correction to last week's episode when I said that I was a pube trimming top because I really feel like it hit me like later that day. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a pube trimming service bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Think about me and the girl's relationship. It's like, yeah, no, because remember we were talking about like you were like, oh, you, you the person could objectify you or like do whatever they wanted to or whatever. And I'm like, well, I just want to do whatever she wants. And yeah, you're a service bottom. I'm just, a service <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I just once again got confused by being literally on top. <laughs> but it's like, oh, yeah, I was like later on that that night with her, I was like, you're just in bed, and suddenly I'm like, oh, damn it, <laughs> I'm not a t- I'm not a top really in any way. Got it all, wrong again. All topping I do is is service bottoming really. Maybe uh, I'm in a, like a real certain mood, but it is just like my, I came out of the womb, service, service bottom, bottom, totally. You cleaned up your own like excess as you uh-huh. came out the it's canal. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else I can do for you? <laughs> Tip no, your little baby hat. Yeah, All right. Thank yeah, you. You don't, you don't have teeth at that age, so probably couldn't get much done. Um, I was like trimming. So, never mind. Yeah. This is the Gender Fluids Podcast. I'm Ava Smart, a 26-year-old trans girl and bottom-leaning switch. And I'm Ariel Isaac Norman, a 32-year-old androgynous vagina person. And we're the only queer podcast that isn't super gay. Gender Fluids is a podcast about all the sex and all the people. If you want to get in contact with us or follow us, you can find us on Instagram at genderfluidspodcast. On Twitter, we're at genderfluidspod. Our email is genderfluidspod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon under genderfluids. Enjoy the episode, y'all. I don't know how this is going to come out. It's a weird thought, mm. but it's a it's a... Real, so I had a first time like trans experience like that. I, I don't know. I feel like I would have had this sooner, mm-hmm. but it just hasn't happened. So like I, I the, this week I found myself like crying uh, because I missed being a gay boy. Hmm. I like I I was like found myself being very sad that I wasn't a gay boy anymore and that I had kind of lost that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really weird thing because it felt it didn't feel dysphoric, right? It didn't feel like I'm upset with not being trans or with being trans and like, you know, I want to go back, but it, it felt like I was having to have this like genuine grieving moment for like, dude, I'm just not part of that community anymore. And it fucking, it really fucking blows. Like it kind of sucks. Um, cause there's, and I couldn't put my finger on why exactly. I'm still trying to figure out why, but it's the, the closest I can come to like, I guess putting a reason to it, it's that thing where it's like, you know, I like dating and fucking other trans women most because it feels very homoerotic to me, right? It's very gay, gay, right? That sameness, that like two of us like doing the same thing together. I really get off on that and I really enjoy it. But the, the problem is, is that like, you know, it doesn't always have the same tension as like being a gay boy did. There's just something about that mask on mask, or just that like man on man energy, even if you're like both twinks or whatever, right? It, there's this weird, you know, call it vibration of the universe that happens, right? In that situation that I haven't been able to replicate and like I miss. Like there's an energy in those communities, like in those gay male communities that I you, I can't find anywhere else, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not as if I haven't tried to make other trans friends and to date other trans people and looked for similar things, but it's like, no one has, you know, communities are communities for a reason. We all have our own individual vibes that, like, we curate. We all have different, you know, things about the community that we love. 
and some of them are definable and some of them are ineffable. And I think there's like some sort of ineffable essence of like the gay male community that I haven't been able to replicate yet, or I haven't been able to like find a kind of like an analog to, right. You know, mm-hmm. I need something that's going to give me that. And it's kind of fucked me up in the head a little bit because like, one, now I have this intense drive to find this thing that I don't know how to find, and now we're in the middle of a quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that'll be interesting. But then two, uh, it's fucked me up in the head a little bit because it did take me to this weirdly... Ge- I haven't questioned my own gender identity in a long time. Mm. You know? And like so when I first started having... I still question mine every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt, I, you know, I figured my shit out and I feel pretty confident in it, right? And I feel very mm-hmm. comfortable in it. And it was a nice relief just to be like, hey, man, I think I'm good. Like, I don't think, I think I've done everything I need to do. I've like, you know, checked that off the list. Um, but it came back up because I was like, I've, you know, there are moments where like, especially as I hang out with uh, a lot of like gay comics, like I think about like hanging out with like Claude Ramey or like Ralphie Hardesty, yeah. you know, Daniel Webb, like hanging out with them. There, there's this weird little vibe between us, like at different moments where it's just like, oh, you used to be one of us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and like I really get into that vibe in that moment and it feels so nice to like be back in that world and that community again. Yeah. And like I can't even... I can't even find that in other trans women because as I've discovered, I, you know, in my head, I thought I I was the norm in that like most trans women were, you know, f- were gay men first because that was the only option. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to being trans as you realize that's like a thing you can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Come to find out most trans women were just straight boys at one time. Right. Or bi boys or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they no, no most trans women didn't like live in the gay male community before that yeah. transition and so like i'm finding myself in this like weird place of like not only can i like not get the same vibe with other trans women i can't even empathize with like or sympathize yeah, you guys are coming from different yeah i can't find any real connection with somebody to be like don't you miss like you know doing poppers and wearing jock straps and like i guess i could still do that and i've honestly thought about trying to like inject inject some of like the gay male culture into like my trans yeah. experience and try and like gender fuck some of those things yeah. right but like it really feels like I'm going to have to do the work to create this thing that I want instead of being able to go out and find it. I wonder if it would be because you could specifically look for um, trans women who did who were identifying as gay boys for a while. You know what I mean? Could even have terms for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think of it like with trans men, it does seem like the, the majority of them seem to have been lesbians, whereas I think the majority of trans women seem to have been straight boys, quote, yeah. quote unquote, for all of these things. You know what I mean? And I don't think, but I don't think either of them are a huge, huge majority. I think there's still like a good. I mean, at we least have third to be out there, but like. Yeah, I can't think of them that I've talked to, and it fucking su- it really is being around gay men. I almost said, see, I almost said other gay men there for a second. Yeah, that's like what it, it feels like. Oh fuck, that was the point I was gonna make before that. Oh, it made me question my gender identity a lot mm-hmm. because like when I'm ha- I miss like having that feeling of being a boy hanging out with other gay boys, mm-hmm. right? And it made me want to like for a minute I was like, am I? am I fixing to start exploring like gender fluidity and like really leaning into like, you know, sometimes, you know, 90% of the time trans ass lesbian lady, but that other 10% of the time swing into gay boy, even though I've got tits. I I mean, I think it's totally valid because I think already like think about the pre um, trans visible world. Um, so yes, some older people had started transitioning or whatever, but before, you know, 10 years ago, let's say, if even that, we don't even probably have to go that far before it was like getting to be more like in the culture. There were so many lesbians and gay men and whatever who just, we just all kind of knew it's like, there's not just the butch and the, you know, it's the girl ones and the boy ones. And that's just part of it. And so some of those people are now trans. Some of those people are non-binary, whatever. But some of these people who you're talking about is still identifying as gay men, you know, may one day identify as trans women. Some of them might just be like non-binary or be non-binary in their heart. Or I think a lot of them went non-binary, right? A lot of the, you know, femier, gender fuckier, artsier, playing and performance space kind of stuff, people 
went non-binary or went gender fluid, right? right? And Which, look at the way that we say that, like went non-binary, went gender fluid. Sometimes you would get in trouble if you said like went trans because it's like, oh, that's an inherent part of your soul or whatever we're supposed to say. But the reality is it is a choice how you're going to live your life, whether you are going to live your life as... Well, how you present yourself how you to the present world. Your, yeah, how you're going to present yourself to the world, how, you, how you're going to identify yourself to the world is a choice. And so you can at any time, you know, and again, like even this, the word trans, it's so interesting because we're supposed to be like, yeah, you've transitioned. No, I mean, t- for me, trans or, is just like a giant. I'm using trans in this instance. from the sameness of what the society has yeah. prescribed for you, which like we literally should all be at least half trans given what society has like prescribed and proscribed for our genitals. Like no one should be like, this is exactly right. This is yeah. exactly me. Everyone needs to transition to some extent, right? So all of this stuff is so amorphous and I'm like, yeah, it makes total sense for you to still just like identify so, so much. I mean, think of all the little trans boys who like still drive a truck or a Jeep, still listen to Melissa Etheridge, still play rugby. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> all it's like, yeah, there's it's not that like you're really a lesbian. It's just that all of these words were always kind of well, it was grasping. All, the community was already in its current shape before we had the terms to right. define it that we do now, right? right? You know, the pe- people were always what they were. It's just the language we have has become more evolved and more nuanced to describe right. it, right? So when I say like went non-binary, it was like you finally had a word to use right. for yourself. It's not that like you suddenly made the choice and took the step in the non-binary direction. You were there and the we the community and the culture and academia and blah, blah, blah finally came together to give you language well, that accurately describes yourself. There are yourself. also lots of steps because sometimes when you, when you say went non-binary, it's not just that someone maybe identified as non-binary, but they were like, you know what? I'm not going to shave this or I am going to shave that. Or yeah, I but am we've been doing want- that for forever you know like people have been doing that for so long it's just we have a term to associate with it now like an identity instead of just like faggy or femi or butch (laughs) you know it's just like right um but it's it's been weird right you know because it's like i've had to come to terms with the fact that like I do in those moments have a little bit of gender fluidity in me, especially when I'm around other gay men and I'm like hanging out with them. And then I also have to, I've had to come to terms with the fact that like, you know, I, I, I've been pretty comfortable with my aesthetic for a long time and like how I dress and how I look, but now I'm going to have to start inventing a new aesthetic in some ways because it's like, I want to find out how to do my version of like, trans leather mama like instead of like being a leather daddy like i miss mm-hmm. the leather in the game i miss the male leather aesthetic because mm-hmm. you know there's like a lot of like women that like are into leather and like have hot fucking leather outfits but it's just it's a distinctly like feminine look right in a lot of ways like that gay male tom finland leather biker vibe that's what I'm after. And that doesn't really exist a lot in like the queer lady world. Like there's some queer ladies that kind of do it, but it's not prominent enough to where it's just like, yeah. like there are a lot of brilliant leather workers out there whose stuff I've looked at that makes stuff exclusively, you know, for women or non-binary people, you know, whatever vagina people, trans people, but it's all pretty feminine. It's Uh, all pretty like, even though it's leather and there's spikes on it or whatever, it's like, it's not that kind of like thick leather, rugged look, right. like going to grab your harness and fuck your heart or like that, like, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, which is sad because I'm sure that there is a lot of people on the lesbian, your type of trans woman, butch, vagina, what all that in that whole like cluster of people. There's tons of people who would like that kind of masculine, but feminized body. I don't know how, you know, love leather for. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, you know, it's not just, uh, well, you could just go buy the shit that they're buying and just put it on your body. No. It's like, no, it doesn't translate fit and size wise. Right. Like, you need somebody to do the aesthetic of it, but scale it and right. tailor it to, like, a different set of bodies. Right. But not tailor it in a feminine way, right? right. It just has, you just have to nip and tuck in little ways, to, like, make it, like, work, right? And right. that's the skill. I'm not a little worker. I don't have that. But right. shit like that that I'm thinking about where it's like, I'm about to have to start doing some digging to find these things. Yeah, and you and might like, be able to kind of commission that, get people interested in that because, I mean, more and more, I mean, that was part of the the real struggle for all of us growing up any earlier than this was, you know, like, I for, for years and years bemoaned the fact that there weren't lesbian stores. It was like, yeah. your options were to buy feminine garbage. Sorry. Sorry, I just feel hate in my heart toward feminized <laughs> clothing. Um, because my own dysphoria. 
area or to go to the men's side and just beg for some extra smalls, hope that you could find a brand that you could then, you know, you'd find the small at the store and go home and buy an extra small and have it shipped to you and hope that that worked. You know what I mean? And so, but now things are getting better. There are some lesbian stores or some stores specifically tailored for bodies where it's like, well, my bo- this is the reality of my body, but I want quote unquote masculine, not, you know, uh, aesthetics, yeah. but that, act, but that do fit, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. So we're getting there, but yeah, you write some emails and get people. I think I'm going to, I found some cool people. Um, there's this one person, Emma Almo out of Chicago, Leah, Leah Bob actually turned me on oh, to yeah. her or them. I don't know what the pronouns are, but mm-hmm. like they make amazing shit. Right. But it's just mm-hmm. like, I want a little tweaked. I'll pay for some custom shit. Yeah. Um, but you also look at her on Instagram if you want some, not just hot pictures, but like hot, like leather garments. What's um, the leather person's name again? Emma Almo. Emma Alamo. E-M-M-A-A-L-M-A-O or A. Almo. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, Remember the Almo. <laughs> Alamo. <laughs> Is Uncle Steve joke? drunk again? <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the weird things about this, though, just another weird thing for me is that like, in, in thinking about talk, having to talk about this, it it's kind of tricky how I parse it in my head because I I am not one of the trans people that buys into the idea that the person I was before doesn't exist and that the life I lived didn't exist and that I'm no longer, <laughs> you know, Austin at all and that Austin was never me and that I was always Ava and always this woman, right? And like... I I very much, you know, my lived reality was that for so long that, like, I've just chosen to not deny that and to, like, kind of actively incorporate it into my being, right? Yeah. Which is, which feels weird, though, because... Uh, you still a lot are of, grieving the... Yeah, and a, well, and a lot of people trying to avoid thoughts of their old self because it's dysphoric because you're those memories are only memories of you not being the person you want to be or not being you. For me, I have a lot of pleasurable, great memories, you know, especially memories in that community, in the gay man, male yeah. community, right? That is like a place I loved being. It was a place, you know, for so long, because I, I thought that being trans was a science thing of science fiction. It was an impossibility, right? That only like very few people, and at the time it's true, very few people were able to do. So for me, I was like, well, I'm just going to be gay and that's just going to be the closest I can get to the thing I want and that's going to be it. You know, it, there's no way I could ever actually like do that. My parents wouldn't be down with it. And so I really just like looked for and could not wait to get out of my tiny town of Bonham and get to Austin yeah. so I could like be gay and be open and live as like a gay man. Mm-hmm. And like I built my life around that and I have so many fond loving memories of doing that and of getting to live that life, you know, only to find out that holy shit, it's possible to do this other thing while wow, I've got a much bigger journey to go on than I thought. But now here it is that all those memories coming back and it's like, trying to incorporate them in a non-dysphoric way mm-hmm. and in a way that doesn't <laughs> make me sound like I'm telling other trans people, like, you should just incorporate your past into your present. Like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing. I mean, I do think that, but, yeah. like, I'm not going to tell people that's what they should do. I well, think it might fine. be healthy. But it did pose like, this weird, like, problem when I'm talking about it because it's, like, I do feel like I need to say, like, I, I think the past me is me and, you know, it doesn't yeah. hurt me to, like, talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's not where, like, the pain of this is coming from. The pain is coming from the loss of the thing, not right. the dysphoria of it being incorporated back into my life. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I just keep imagining a scene from, you know, 10 years ago or whatever of quote-unquote gay men all you know hanging out and you walk up and you know, or whatever and one of them goes hey ladies and talking to all of you you know what i mean and there's just like there was already so much gender bending and fluidity yeah. in that that i think that you can find the like find space for that former self of yours to like 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 when you're talking about the potential dysphoria of your past it's like just because you weren't living you weren't dressing how you wanted or, or talking how you wanted or having people see you, how you, whatever doesn't mean that you weren't the real you. It's like kind of, you said like something like that, like, Oh, you weren't being yourself. And it's like, well, no, I mean, 
we're all kind of uncovering the layers of ourselves as we go on or whatever, but it's not like you weren't the real you inside. It's just that there were some limitations and things like that, but you could, you were still you. Mm-hmm. It's just, you didn't have the haircut yet, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know, you didn't have the pronouns in the haircut, but that doesn't mean that you, yeah, that wasn't real community. And again, a lot of those other penis people were chicks or half chicks or whatever in their hearts. So I just, yeah, I think that it would be nice to see more. If if we're all going to be in this LGB together, then we may as well accept the reality of like, yeah, we're all kind of gay and trans anyway. So yeah, we can still be in community with each other and maybe find a little sub community of the type of gay men slash trans women slash whatever else wants to be in there that makes sense. Just like I could hang out with a bunch of trans dudes and be like, hey, we all like to say movies. Funny. <laughs> We're just... I mean, yeah. I, it, I, I do need to find that, right? That's a thing that I really want in my life because it is weird. I, you know, I, I, I had to put my you know foot in my mouth a couple of times to figure out that not all trans women were gay boys at one point because right. I, I keep trying to like bring up drag queens i like or bring up like you know clubs or songs or doing poppers or just all these like yeah. s- pretty stereotypical but things in the community that like i love i mean that's the one thing about like queers that I, uh, at least gay men that i like is that like you know, for as many stereotypes about them that there are, most of them are true yeah. and most gay men love the stereotype. You know, right. it's like, you we You're all like playing into that. our, yeah, the characterization of ourselves is playing into that is a lot of fun. And like, I really enjoyed that in my gay boy days. And well, it's so like, I try- isn't a stereotype. It's just a I mean, thing that happens I know, that we but, share, you know, like, yeah. yeah. But it's just like, but I, as I try and bring those up, it's like, oh, you know, this thing we all <laughs> experience. They're like, yeah. Nah, I was uh, I was playing World of Warcraft with my bros. It's like, yeah. oh, right. oh, we had different lives. We right. have vastly different lives, you know. Or like, right. anywho. <sighs> well, here's just something for my family. Oh my god. Okay, so you know how I have this brother who is one of my three brothers, the one who's like fat and gross and ugly and like Asperger's-y, like where we probably have similar genetics on the Asperger's level, but because he's a guy, everyone was cruel to him. And because I'm a vagina person, people were kind and helped me. And so I like learned how to kind of like get by in society. Well, so, you know, just background for the listeners, you know, this brother of mine, um, continued to like he was very smart book smart wise but he just continued to like fail classes in high school and then he thought he was going to go into um the marines in order to get into nasa and then he was going to build a spaceship that would take him and his wife and their 13 children to a nearby planet that they could population <laughs> does he actually have 13 children or no, is that no, no. just his goal that was his that was when i remember taking a walk with him when i don't know maybe i was like 14 and he was 18 or uh, could it must have been like 12 wait 12 14 16 18, 12 and 18 or something like that 10 and 16 whatever it was because i'm like when did i stop like dealing with him at all but um yeah so his plan was to that he would find a nice mormon wife who would want to have 13 children and they would go populate a planet. He read a lot of science fiction. Um, and, and he was Mormon. So the planet Mormon. thing the was, planet already thing was on the table. It was on the table. But he like, was like, I, I don't have to wait till I die to get, Did you think like two of them are going to like die on the probably, way there. I was probably part of the consideration. You need enough. He was really like, you need enough to, to populate a planet, which I'm like, don't you need other families? Nah. Somebody is going to be adopted. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of them could be adopted and then they can fuck each other. All I'm he saying had is like, like a, your brother's plan, highly impractical, not very, not very realistic. It really however, helps if you're at least polygamous. I was gonna say, however, great erotic fanfic. Yeah, if you're but into some like sci-fi incest shit. If you're into sci-fi incest shit, that's true. And also, if you wanted to be like a good Mormon version of this story, would be at least to be polygamous, take several wives up to the nearby planet, and then your kids are at least more genetically dissimilar. Yeah. So you've got some amount of like half brother, half sister shit going yeah, on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, that would be a better place. So you see again where uh, monogamy does not make any sense. But anyway, so that was his plan. But he kept just failing one thing after another. <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> he, like to get into the Marines. There was a cutoff like high end of how much you could weigh. And he was above that. And yeah. then so like 
it was like he just he then just had to lose some weight, but he couldn't get himself to do that. So then, but he also failed the psychological test, and then he. So this really is kind of important for what happened. So, so then he um, works like in fast food jobs, and my parents are always like um, threatening to kick him out. Oh, he goes to community college again. He he was thought of as very smart. Um, now I realize, because I really resented it as a kid when people were like, oh, he's the smart one of the five of us. Because in my head, I was like, no, this idiot fails classes. Like, what is, you don't have to try in school. You can just get good, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you fail. How, how do you do that? You know what I mean? I'm like, but now I realize it's like, whenever they were like, he's, I was like, I'm the smart one. You know what I mean? I realized now when they said that, it was like, well, they were, they were just being nice because he was such yeah. a fucking social retard that they were just trying to throw him a bone. So you're you like, gotta get this kid. Call him the smart he's one. He's the smart one. You know, I realize that now. You can't but call him the pretty one. He knows that's a lie. He's a lie. You know, he might yeah. as well inflate his ego. Miscongeniality is a stretch <laughs> for this. So. I mean, he failed the fucking personality test. Yeah. So like, it's a psych, a psych test. <laughs> and he's too fat. Yeah. And so he keep he, he couldn't get He was given like uh, six months he could re-weigh in. Another six months he could re-weigh in. He always weighed too much. Um, so even when they were like, eh, maybe we, with the psych stuff, whatever, they were like, he, he wouldn't, he never made the weight. Um, he would get fired from jobs because he would like purposefully burn cookies because the policy was burnt cookies you could eat. And so there was just one batch after the next <laughs> where he, they were just he like, Albert, the smart one. <laughs> it feels, yeah, <laughs> it feels like you're burning these on purpose and then eating like 20 cookies at a time. So, you know what I mean? And yeah, so this, and then every time he was, my parents were going to kick him out, it was just like a lot of fighting at home and just a lot of like, okay, they promised they were going to kick him out if he failed again. Like he failed all of his classes again in in community college, you know, it was like he would, he would get like two B's and then, then four F's or something, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, but then instead of kicking him out, they would be like, okay, well this time if you don't, because they were on this weight loss plan where you, you would have to lose a pound a week, you would have to have a weigh in on Friday, and then if you did, if you made your weigh in, then you would eat whatever you wanted for the weekend, and then you would get back on the wagon on Monday, and it worked for them it, for a long time. Oh, it did. I was like that's if you're just doing a pound a week, like I can eat a pound of fucking fried chicken and like I'll gain it back in a weekend. Well, you have to get one pound lower, you know, every week, and so you still just kind of. Um, you know you get somewhere if you do it and yeah. my parents did that and i did that for a little bit but it's a really bad way to live your life because then you have on diet days and off diet days and then you find yourself turning down social invitations whatnot so don't get me started on that but um but they did it and it was successful to them so they tried to get him to do it so he would just eat garbage and then on like thursday he would go up and down our stairs over and over again. He would eat nothing but tapatio sauce and cream savers and then go up and down our stairs, which were carpeted. So he would get them drenched in sweat. And then he would take his shirt and wring it out at the bottom of the stairs and create a pool inside? of sweat. Inside? Inside. And I lived upstairs. <laughs> My room was upstairs. So I had to pass this morbidly obese person I hated um, who was doing that. And if you, if I made a look of disgust, he would lift up his arm and like blow across his armpit at me. So I really like, <laughs> Ew, <laughs> I developed OCD where I Ew. couldn't touch anything he touched. It was like, yeah. I would tell my therapist, but like legitimately he is disgusting. And I remember one of my therapists just being like, I mean, it doesn't sound like I would want to touch what he touched. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this okay for, I'm like, is this reverse psychology? I don't know. Is that held or not? I can't but, believe he would wring his fucking shirt out. And I inside. would tell I my mom. I mean, it was just that's, like that's abhorrent. That's so fucking no, 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 no. no, no, no. I, it, it was really bad, and just like a pile of cream saver wrappers. <laughs> I mean, like tapatio sauce and pink cream savers. This sounds like an opening scene from like some very bleak dark comedy. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah my life. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Um, anyway, they eventually, cause originally when we moved to this house, like he, his room was the library. And then when like, eventually they kicked him out so that he lived in the garage. They just like, and the garage at the time, my, it's like, it's like reasonable now. My, my mom has gone through some kind of spiritual growth that's allowed her to have a walkable path in the garage. But at the time <laughs> it was full to the brim, just like our, yeah. all of the fridges and freezers are 100% at capacity. Much of the food is expired. Um, and, but he just lived in like a little nook of the garage 
and continue to get fired from jobs, continue to fail college. He would be on, uh, you know, um, academic probation and whatever. And again, he's supposed to be so smart. And you're just like, can you not use an ounce of, I know you're Asperger's We finally kind of had that word. We had that word way too late. If we had had that word 20 years earlier, everything could have been different for this guy's life, you know, but we did not. And so it was just like this fucking loser, you know? And so anyway, he's, he was living in like Beaumont and Pasadena eventually like, cause eventually he did move out. I mean, it final after years of this and just yelling and yelling. And I thought I was going to be the last kid at home, um, and have some like time my senior year to whatever. And instead <laughs> like this fucking loser is living there anyway. So finally he does move out like across town into some cheap, cheap motel a little bit, like one of those where you pay. $29 a week or something like a yeah. bad motel. My parents get him out to that. And then like, cause it was just like, how do you get a child out of your house who, who like refuses to be independent refuses. And you finally just have to kind of like you leave them in a motel. Fall. Yeah. Yeah. And so over the years, he finally worked his way in life to the point of like, cause, cause if I'm okay, he must be 39 ish now. Um, maybe 40 now. Oh. Uh, so he worked his way to like having an apartment, having a job. He was working in a convenience store. He became the overnight manager at the convenience store. And he befriended this dude who was always playing the lottery and like always told him that if you, if I ever win, I'm going to buy this like car that I, my dream car. And then I'll just give you my car. Cause my brother didn't have a car at the time for like years. He was walking a short distance to a bus stop and then taking the bus and then walking a little further. I think he took two buses. There was a connection, whatever yeah. to get from in Beaumont, <laughs> two buses and some walking to get to. So he had this whole plan of like what he would do or uh, oh, finally. So the guy says, yeah, I'll, I'll just give you my car. Well, the guy does win the lottery oh, eventually. Shit. Yeah. And so he like, my brother knows for a while that he's, and so he plan starts planning out like, with a car, I could save this much money and time from the bus so that I could do this and that to like, and he like reworks his budget knowing that. And so he realizes he can go to this, like, I don't know if it's a comic book convention, some kind of convention for people. He's a brony. Just let's just throw that in there. You know, he's he a brony. I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of internet stuff that I don't know about. Holy shit. He's like, an, I'm sure his whole life, there's a whole life for him. Dude, on the your brother has a wild life. You don't know about if he's yeah. like planning, like taking 13 kids to space as in like 18 year old. And now he's, he's one of those like people a where you're he's like, a- is he going to shoot people? Is he going to like be a pedophile? Is he just going to be like <laughs> awesome on the internet? <laughs> There are some people where it's just, you're really like, yo, it's a roll of the dice what you end up as. What you do with this. Yeah. Because you're Asperger's in that way where it's like, yeah. Not just, it's not just the Asperger's thing though. Aren't you, don't you just like, aren't you out in public sometimes and you like encounter a person you're just like, I don't know what it is, but like you have some like uh, wild chaotic potential and not like chaotic good necessarily you don't right? even know i don't even think you know about good or what i don't know what happens in some people's minds but that that thing you said you're like yeah are you gonna be a pedophile are you gonna be kill somebody or shoot somebody like are shooter you gonna, pedophile or like crazy you internet in, person are you gonna be an incel dark web but or yeah but yeah well obviously incel but but also just like a dark web like person who maybe takes down a government <laughs> you know what i mean it, you really could go yeah. into like maybe or you'll be productive just into you know necrophilia porn, porn. yeah like really weird dark shit Really, and so, or just yeah, doing video games. Or stuff you're just and like whatever. a sad nerd at home. You sad know, that's nerd, also possible. but okay. So that was like the last I knew about him is that he got this car and was able to do that and whatever. I thought he had a and wife just, and a kid and shit. No, 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 no. That's my other fat brother. <laughs> 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 the one who wasn't always fat. Okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, that's what my I have the dead brother, my fat brother, <laughs> and my fat brother who wasn't always fat. Um, that's their names. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> the libertarian who I could also call my fat brother who wasn't always fat. Um, so, so my fat brother, yeah, that was the last I'd heard of him, but my mother has just given me an update. He, she was like, yeah, he now lives with this guy. I know. I remember him from church. I just remember him also being like super Asperger's super like 
geek nerd, but like socially retarded. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, you know, we didn't have the word Asperger's yet. So socially retarded was all we had. But and it's also just like all of a sudden we had the word Asperger's and everyone was just calling everything Asperger's. And I'm like, I think there's different versions of this social retardation that we could have different names for. Well, I just think some people are socially inept. I think yeah, some people just don't know what the fuck they're doing. And then some people are Asperger's and some people are, you know, further Both. on a spectrum or on different parts of the yeah, spectrum. There's right? all you kinds know? of overlapping spectrums of all of this. <laughs> you but, know, yeah. I, I saw this thing the other day. It's like, oh, your brain, feel, your head's feeling weird. Your emotions are weird. Yeah, your brain's just meat with electricity in it what the yeah. fuck did you expect yeah and i'm like yeah we're all, crazy we're all, it's all over the place as it is. yeah I know. I mean, the fact that i'm running the way i am today right. miracle how it's do we all how are we miracle. all even alive <laughs> that like <laughs> this is crazy that anything exists at all much less that we are all eating and my like, bone meat sack is still running relatively well we Great. keep making more people it's like crazy um, yeah, but so, but one of those guys, um, from church that I remember and I like, cause I remember he also had another, his whole family, there were several siblings. They were all like Asperger's as fuck, you know, like my family was like, there's some through lines, but their family was like, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so there's, I heard a rumor years ago that my fat brother was dating the like weirdest girl of that family and i was like no i can't even process the idea that he would date at all so like we're i don't think that's real i think someone just saw, they're just probably friends you know um but but so his friend from that family um did get married to someone and i don't know how long they've been married but they were living somewhere in houston and he's my brother my fat brother has maintained a friendship with him all these years and i guess they talk some and this guy has like a good like some kind of decent tech type of job and my fat brother realized that he was just like going out to eat all the time and like spending a lot of money on that and so he was like you know like if you just cooked like look at all this money you could save in your budget and what you could do with it or whatever and and kind of stuff like that and so my brother was just like well what if I shopped and cooked for you and like did your budget and like saved you all this money and whatever and then and the guy was like yeah, so he's he's now living in home with this dude and his wife. And I think, I don't know if cleaning, because I don't know that he's capable of that, but like, <laughs> I think shopping, cooking, and like doing the budget, and then, you know, just playing video games or whatever, and then like the buddies get to live together. And the chick apparently doesn't work, well, she doesn't work outside the home. They do not have children. I don't know if they actually know what hole is what in that household. <laughs> but they, um, she, what she does with her day, like for eight, like eight hours a day, like a work day, she wakes, works up, wakes up early to do this and everything. She like, play, she, I don't know if she's playing Sims or what, some kind of video game, my mom says, where she, she designs a house, um, like their future house, supposedly, that they're going to live in. She's just like, for a few years now, just been playing a video game like minecraft i don't know what what it is but where she's just supposedly designing their future house and that's their life and i was just like mom my fat brother oh i, I can't call him that i'm not my mom but i'm like he's in a thruple like that, that's an incel thruple <laughs> that's an incel thruple oh my god exactly an incel thruple like yeah i because it's like i doubt they're fucking Again, I don't really think the married couple would know what that is. I mean, are just they, imagine. They just not, do you think they're both just so obese? More no, okay. Obese I don't even know if, fuck, I don't like, know if they're obese because I don't, I don't remember the friend being obese. Why do you think obese. they don't know how to fuck then? You know, how you ever met some people where you're like, you're too, I don't think you are an adult and you're mind enough to fuck. I think that's, pro I think I'm like probably kidding, you know what I mean? Like I'm being ridiculous a little bit. Like they probably do have sex, but that only leads you to then be like, then the three of them might be having sex. And absolutely, my brother could have just like gotten him. Okay, I don't know what's more ridiculous is to think of my fat brother as being in a thruple or to think of him as being a life coach, a live-in life coach <laughs> to anyone else. To any human being. So uh, maybe both too. Yeah. But the, like the, the arc of my fat brother's life. That's wild. Do you think that maybe this tech dude that your brother's befriended is just like, 
taking pity on your brother. It's like, yeah, man, fucking live with me and do my do my fucking dishes and cook for me and do my shopping and save me money and I'll help I you mean, like get into a not so shit situation. I would think so, except f- according to my mother, it's not something where it's like, yeah, they said it was temporary or whatever. It was like this is a functional situation. I mean, if you think about it, okay, a, a lot of penis and vagina people who are Mormons who marry each other, um, you know may or may not be that compatible a lot of times people just want to get married because it's what you're supposed to do to get on the path to celestial kingdom and everything yeah and and they might you might not know that much about sexuality or anything yet so a lot of times you're really living with a very strange roommate partner um anyway as mormons yeah and so then and and a lot of just for most like men and women just don't necessarily want to hang out in the same way, doing the same stuff. So the dude having another dude to live with who is into all the same it's fucking video weird, games. Like Mormon thrup, Mormon, it's a Mormon polygamy yeah. stuff. Yeah. It but makes a lot of sense. Two dudes. Yeah. That, yeah. That reads man. Yeah. That fucking sounds right. The more I think about it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Who wouldn't? And so they figured it's it? like, he's in a fucking like poly, in incel trouble, which incel I, trouble. I, I didn't ever think of. There's as your band like, name. I know incel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I didn't ever think of such a thing existing, but it totally makes sense. Where it's just like three people not fucking living together, making each other's lives more bearable. Yeah, because like I mean, it happens the, a lot too. Like well, we're he, saying, it makes sense. But this he, kind of thing people do if they just don't like talk about it. Yeah, you know. I don't think there's a name on it, right? Mm-hmm. But I, but like, I, I mean, this is what I was thinking about as you were telling me this story about your brother is like, what does that like kind of like deprivation of touch for so long feel oh like? Oh my God, totally. Like, you know, we, we've been going through quarantine and we've been talking about how hard it is for a lot of people who are isolated alone or single, but it's like, if you're like a person who has just gone through years. most of your life without having human touch. No one touch, wants to touch you. There's some wild psychological, you know, yeah, <laughs> consequences dude. to that, right? And so having this like, you know, th- this incel thruple, it's probably just like that so so beneficial i mean i I bet there's just like a lot of oxytocin from being in the room together right just being around somebody incidental touches honestly you do once you haven't touched people for a while you get to the point where you are thrilled by incidental touches yeah even living with someone brushing against can do a lot sitting on a couch and your legs are touching you don't even have to be like into the person you can actually get this like surge of oh fuck human contact i'm evolved to need that you know yeah um yeah, so just the fact of, of being in the kitchen, I'm sure that that is just a better eat. But I hope they're cuddling and stuff. I hope they have some kind of, you know, I really hope it isn't just like a pure roommate situation. I hope that on some level they all know that they're like in a thruple. Yeah. That's wild. This is the only way I could be happy that my brother has a love for sex life at all, <laughs> is imagining this thruple. No, I don't know. I've tried to heal all my hatred. I like to think that he's him. like the biggest one. Like he's like, you know, he's still morbidly obese. Yeah. And so they just, use, they just use him as a pillow. Totally. They probably do. They probably play video games while he lays, <laughs> leans on the back of the wall and then they just lay on his belly <laughs> <laughs> instead of a beanbag chair. I wonder if that's a, some people are into that. It's like, yeah, I just like being a human beanbag. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, it probably I mean, hurts but, too much if they really sit on your stomach, but you could lean yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're, like, a big dude or big lady right. and, like, you're just, like, sitting on a couch and, like, you just want people to, like, lay all on you and, like, use you as yeah. a beanbag, that sounds pretty pleasurable. This is probably uh, probably why I um, have such an aversion to fat people, just for the listener. <laughs> <I do laughs> a lot some... of early childhood trauma. Yeah. There's worse stuff that I'm not talking about. So. All right. Incel yeah, thruple. Yeah, incel <laughs> Do you, you ever think it's a great if, like, fans to watch? It it's just them be. not having sex. <laughs> forever. They each have headphones on on different computers, just playing video games <laughs> for hours at night. Do you think there are like you know three incel dudes that live together that have never fucked right? And like, is there a point that comes where they're like, what are we just gonna like suck each other's dicks or what? Like, yeah. are we just like, 
does like you know i mean i know how deep you know like toxic masculinity and that shit goes right and how much it can like make you adverse to like any sort of like vaguely gay act but it's just like you're telling me you've never fucked anybody and you've been in a house you're living with two other dudes and like none of y'all are fucking and it doesn't look like any of y'all are ever gonna fuck really what are they yeah Y'all aren't get, fucking, let's take a little bit of Molly. We're all on the dark web trying to, you know, yeah. find, you know, children to fuck. Or, I don't know what they're do, but like, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and order some Molly while we're on the dark web and let's, like, let's suck each other's dicks a little bit, you know? Oh my God. A pedophile on Molly. <laughs> <laughs> pedophile on Molly? <laughs> oh my God. I want to see that scene in the movie. Like, I don't want it to be real or whatever, but I do want to make a movie where there's... Pedophile. It's just a bunch of slow motion vignettes of him like going to an ice cream shop just and then like the sitting window. at the park in a swing and like because it is a him. Just, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> women aren't pedophiles. <laughs> women are only heroes that fuck children. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> 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 a quote from a movie, isn't it? No, <laughs> I feel like there's a. Um, no, I mean you can. Um, you really can fuck up a young man by um, by having sex with him when he's too young. But like women just don't I almost mean, I never. Know. I know, but I'm just saying women almost never do that to people younger than like 16, maybe 15. Whereas men, there's a whole, a whole range. Like if we're if women we're are never like fingering babies, <laughs> never. <laughs> Only men are like. I could put that on my dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Women are never like, let me just go down on this baby or whatever. I wonder what this baby's vagina tastes like. <laughs> Said no lady ever. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about that while writing jokes, but I I'm never sure. said it loud, loud to anyone else. <laughs> Some lady at brunch is like, look, all I'm saying is until you've rimmed a baby. Yeah. Well, their <laughs> buttholes, that's a clean butthole. If you're worried about poop, you know how some yeah. people are like, I want to try eating look, ass. You control its entire existence. Just flip it over. Get it, get it as clean as you want. Get it right out of the womb, I say. Yeah. <laughs> get it fresh out of the womb while the butthole is Talking clean about cracking open a fresh one with the girls. <laughs> yeah. That's like... <laughs> It's the only time I ever <laughs> toss salad. <laughs> oh, God. You know. <laughs> and again, you can use a baby that, never mind. You know what? <laughs> it doesn't have to be your baby. It doesn't have to be a baby that anyone Maybe loves. One of the ones we're going to throw away, you know, yeah. I mean? where they come out wrong or something. And you're like, oh, this one's a dud, but let somebody better eat its asshole. Look, we're going to kill it anyways. We, throw it into the <laughs> we should just. <laughs> or like a preemie that we know is going to die. You know how I hate waste. So. <laughs> you know? Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's like recycle. throwing an avocado away. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'd pedophile on Molly to the pedophile on Molly. Asshole. Okay. Well, oh, I didn't even think about all those things being together at once. There were two separate yeah. situations no, of a lady that wanted yeah. to eat baby's asshole and a dude pedophile on Molly. Yeah. He I just, do like the idea of pedophiles on Molly. It just seems it makes them cuter for some reason. Well, I just I don't my brain keeps imagining <laughs> them in a room full of like just cabbage patch dolls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like cute. I can just watch like a repressed horny pedophile just like viciously fuck different cabbage patch dolls. <laughs> now that's an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> pedophiles on Molly would be a great name for OnlyFans. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to watch pedophilia, but I want to watch a pedophile locked in a room <laughs> on Molly. <laughs> on Molly. <laughs> we can experiment with different types of like dolls around and shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and also like the BDS, okay. slightly anthropomorphized like animals, you know, so that we could kind of have children animals so that it's not really human, but you know what I mean? Like that might be interesting to watch. Like some life size. It might bum me out too much like to have like <laughs> if they look like children. Cabbage patch dolls are kind of removed. Yeah, I don't want like a realistic like. I fuck can't. Doll. I can't watch that. <laughs> like a pedophile without the closest thing to his fantasy. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little too dark for me. Yeah. Um, Watching a dude face fuck a cabbage patch doll. I'm on board with that. <laughs> that has enough humor. My own child is layered on that. What you know, but but maybe like a like the life size Zootopia dolls or something. I don't know what that is, but Zo- well, Zootopia, the movie, you know, the movie with like the animated. 
You didn't ever watch Zootopia? We've talked about this. Remember, I thought it was the the zoophile. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. I mean, furries have been all about it. I mean, fuck, I've jerked off to that fox like a couple times. Okay, but like a fox (laughs) boy or girl or whatever, you know, yeah, something like that. See, that might hurt my heart more because I'm like, why are you hurting that cute little bunny rabbit? Why are you hurting that cute little fox? It didn't look like it was being hurt. I have have more sympathy towards like animal. You know, you know how dolls are. <laughs> like, look how happy it look looks. A little dolphin. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but you can tell in the way that dude boy. is stroking. It is not pleasurable. Yeah. <laughs> That's too fast and vigorous. <laughs> That's a pedophile on Molly Pump. That's not a. <laughs> you see, like feathers flying out. <laughs> <laughs> just a shot from the back. Just fuzz going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around his face is covered and sticky with fuzz he's like <laughs> i mean but, uh, but like on the for reals it would be just wild to like listen to a pedophile on molly talk you know oh, what I, mean? yeah, I just want to interview, interview i want to interview that yeah it's, it's like some. those it's like that it, those like uh, MK Ultra interviews that you can listen to, and like the different interviews oh, with yeah, like where they've like dosed. It was you know where they were experimenting with like giving civilians acid. The military mm-hmm. was right, and but there were also controlled college experiments and things like that uh, where they would dose people with acid and interview them, and like yeah. you can go listen to some of it, and it's fucking. Oh yeah, fascinating. But like, I would love, love, love to hear a pedophile. Dude, if if you know a pedophile or are a pedophile, please write me on Instagram. I will protect. We'll interview you. Or I want the safe way for them to email. Can you email? Because you know, whatever from a secure email, genderfluidspod. Yeah, I'm just saying to protect their anonymity. Create a new email. I will protect your anonymity as long as I don't have any way of stopping and also if, if i if you i, I want to talk to someone who's not like fucking kids you know when yeah, i don't want to talk heart. to someone yeah pedophile yeah. at heart not in action if you've done it before and you've repented that's fine i but can't do that I, I could but yeah that's Fuck but that. i just but not if you're actively yeah i can't talk to you but i will you know not betray your i've talked to pedophiles before i mean i've i've knew some in college but i mean i've probably jerked off for several you know just like early <laughs> yeah. days of the internet i was just talking to people about this i mean it's come up several times in conversation particularly since quarantine but people are like i don't even know how to have like you know webcam sex with people i'm like dude i've been jerking off for strange men since i was like 14 years old yeah you know fucking going online on web how old I was, are you I was i'm 18 sexting. i was sexting from like 13 on like on well you know chat room stuff whatever but i'm just saying like for sure there i've jerked off with some pedophiles like there's no with yeah. the number of strangers or just like you know i'm i'm a fucking sub i'm on yeah. the bottom and like that can play out online like they would just be like you know like on a megal or stick or whatever yeah. how you have two screens like on chat roulette there's yeah. a screen their screen would just be black and like uh, it would be and they would just tell me what to do and so i would just you fucking never, do it you never saw and like no i mean sometimes i did a lot of times i did well, that's but, what i'm saying then so yeah there you go right there well, yeah if but, you were 14 then yeah but also i was just saying who knows like the types of people i was jerking off for behind the black screen like yeah. they was just hiding their identity completely politicians probably yeah um well word pedophiles on molly that's another good fan name <laughs> yeah. although it might fuck up your bookings a, a little bit <laughs> yeah Hi, welcome to Pedophiles Dude, if on I Molly. could have like a different pedophile every week just on Molly talking about their life, <laughs> I would listen to that podcast. <laughs> forever. It's fascinating, yeah. But, you know, as again, everyone's fascinated by serial killers. It's like, yeah, 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 that's interesting, I guess. Serial killers it's, is less interesting it's to me. basic. It is very basic. It's, well, it's not, I mean, it's sad, but it's not oh, very dark, sad. dark. Yeah, like, it's like we all kind of get it. We all kind of are like, what? yeah, it would be interesting to see what it's like to kill someone. It would be interesting to, to like see what it's like to watch the dr- life drain from someone's life and you did that. It would be interesting to get used to that. It would be interesting to tell yourself all the stories that you would then have to tell yourself to justify. It would be interesting to try to get away with it. Like we all get it, you know? But like, but like it's been done. Yeah, but like you know? the pedophile Successful thing is just like pedophilia. there's People are still like There's still new that. horizons to explore. I mean... There are, there's, Epstein it is, could, it's, only made it so far. Epstein you know? made it far, and like, you know, give it up to the OG innovators, the Catholic Church, for mm-hmm. like, yeah, they have taken it pretty far. They've really kind of like have the best model for getting yeah. away with it. Like, yeah. out of anybody, like, if we're t- taking this to like a innovation standpoint, right. 
they're the gold standard for but pedophilia. But I mean, their their empire is crumbling. You know, they're they're yeah. losing the ability to really rape young children. I mean, how much pedophilia is even left in the Catholic Church? It feels like they can't be getting away with that much anymore. I mean, I bet it still happens, but I think you got to be fucking real smart about it. Yeah, I you think know? I think it's way down. I think they've yeah they've lost their foothold. <laughs> I think we <laughs> finally did something good, but. Uh, who's going to be the next pedophile innovators? Pedophile kings. Um, yeah. Instead of Tiger King, pedophile oh, king. Okay. <laughs> the fetish for this week um, does tie in a little bit to what we we're talking about. Or I, I, I've thought about it in the case of pedophiles several times where it's like, what must that like post come guilt feel like? You know, I think an interesting fetish mm-hmm. is like post orgasm mm-hmm. Yeah, post orgasm guilt, totally. where it's like you want to get off to a thing that you know is bad because your favorite part about getting off is, is actually feeling? the guilt afterwards. That was some of my earliest jokes. Was that I? Oh, uh, yeah, about about you know when I would start a bit and be like, you know what would really suck about getting raped or whatever, you know, what the worst thing would be, whatever is that I wouldn't get to enjoy rape fantasies for the rest of my life. And I'm like, how would I get to that feeling if I didn't have rape fantasies? Cause once you get rid of the, like the, the idea that, um, gay sex is, is wrong. Once you get rid of, you know, any kind of real, like a premarital, any of that, you know, it's like, how do you get to the point of uh, now of being like, a feeling guilty wrong. about and so it. So now yeah. I have to be like getting anally raped by a dude in order to then feel wrong. Like, that's what's wrong to me now. Well, when you're saying wrong, what do you mean? Because it's like, I'm talking like it's wrong that it's you are somehow to blame for that. Because my whole idea is that. It's not just that you don't like the thing happening to you. It's that like you get off to a thing that is that you feel guilty about getting well, off. To yes, afterwards. that's what I'm saying. Okay, I, that's what I that's what I would now feel guilty. So it used to be I just felt guilty getting off because you know yeah, coming yeah, yeah. was against my religion, and then it was like okay, but don't think about at least try to think about straight <clears throat> stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um. And then and so but it, once I started really just accepting being gay and not believing in being Mormon anymore, you know, then it became like oh well now like dude stuff or non-consent is now what's like what it's going to make me feel guilty the guilty pleasure and so yeah and then i kind of realized like oh now this feeling is like the feeling i used to get that feeling of like okay yeah the facade of hellfire you know that kind of like um god really is mad at me or this was a sin but that's the thing it's like i you know if i use the word sin now i just mean like the kind of uh, something that is bad for you something that's you know, not the right way to go. And so I'm like, I actually, cause I've asked therapists before about like, you know, those rape fantasies or whatever. And they're always just kind of like, well, how do you feel about it? I'm like, no, but I really do think that like that it's, it's pointing to something when I have that feeling of like, ugh,ness. there's something there, there's something there. And I think it it's not necessarily the healthiest thing for your, for like a organic sex life, interpersonal sex life. If you do, focus a lot of or you know much sexual time or energy or whatever on kind of porn pornographic fantasies which is what that is even if i'm not using porn i'm like i i'm a great porn director in my mind right and so if i'm you know even if i'm not watching i'm like i feel like oh i don't watch that (laughs) stuff and so i don't quote unquote support the (laughs) with my views it's not like i pay anything you know industry or whatever and i don't watch that much porn but i'm like no but i do it in my mind and it's I know that it's my concern is is also about what does it do to us to watch that pornography? And so even if it's just in my mind, I'm like, it doesn't feel like it's helping. It's going to help me connect and have a healthy love life. Do you get off on it being wrong, though? Yes. But that's the thing. So when I do do it, then it becomes because I genuinely believe it's wrong. Then it becomes like that feeling still that I got from Mormon childhood masturbation. Yeah. So I'm clearly in, the, in my like pattern <laughs> cycle, but I'm like, you know, it's fine. I feel like I'm evolving with it naturally over time. So I'm not like worried about, you know, I'm not like trying not to do it or anything. Yeah. For me, I've had that. It, it comes with like me being like really dirty. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that girl, like the last time it happened, like in real life, not just like masturbating was like when that girl from Portland or now that person from Portland Sorry. Uh, There's been a half back step. Yeah, like a little <laughs> while back. 
uh, or not what back. I don't know. I, I just think they. I think she they. No, I'm saying he to she to they. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. Anywho, so they like you know were fucking me and like pulled their dick out and I just like turned around and started sucking their dick mm-hmm. and just like went straight ass to mouth and yeah. like didn't think about it in that moment but and then like afterwards like I mean I did but it w- I wasn't I was getting fucked so well that I was just in this heat of this thing and I did mm-hmm. this thing that I know I don't do and I know I'm not like that when I think of it at, in an, any sort of normal state yeah it turns my stomach and then afterwards I felt kind of like gross about it but the grossness i felt with it turned me on where i was like oh that's so that was not good but i liked how not good it was Mm -hmm. right and so it's with like dirty things like that where it's just like you know putting things in my mouth that are kind of dirty like like smelly genitals dirty genitals like jerking off to like people who are like you know fucking a nasty situation like there's just some things that's like my when my conscious brain thinks about it it's it squicks me out to the point where i'm like i can't even fucking look at that but like sometimes i find myself in like a uh, jerk off situation where like i come to that and i'm like oh oh my god but i kind of like how that feels i i have that oh my god feeling to masturbating to other stuff as well but it's not a pleasurable thing it's like oh i really wow Okay, mm-hmm. I was I was in deep there jerking off to some shit. Okay, I'm just going to uh, close that and like not think about the fact that I just came to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there is like... But I, I like this idea of post-orgasm guilt as a fetish because it's like... I know we all have... Or I think we all have those moments where we come to a thing where we're like, I actually don't feel good about that in mm-hmm. a good way. Mm-hmm. But I think the times that you come to a thing that you feel guilty about... And but you feel you like that you feel guilty about coming to it. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting sensation and yeah. experience. And I think there's got to be people out there that fetishize it. I just rem- you're reminding me of the time that my friends and I in college we were playing some weird game with a write-in thing, and I do not remember enough of the story. I just remember that her little thing she contributed was just the phrase "indulging in intrusive thoughts at orgasm." And it made us all laugh so hard. And I still think about it when I come like mm, every seventh time Um, because I had such a problem with intrusive thoughts, like with my OCD and everything with my, that fat brother and whatnot. So that it was a real issue. And then I just like the thought of like indulging in it, the thought of just like not fighting it and just like letting whatever fucked up explosion of thoughts wants to happen, happen was just like so freeing. And so, yeah, like now I, I do have this sense of like never fight um, anything that happens, you know? So if I am like into some weird guilt place or whatever, I'm just going to enjoy the fuck out of that. Cause I don't want to like think of all those orgasms I had as a child. Like I enjoyed them even when I thought like, you know, that God was having an issue with it or I was erasing all my progress or whatever. Yeah. I remember still just like the thrill of it. The time that I, moved the blanket from the front to the back and was thinking about Huckleberry Finn getting paddled and (laughs) realized you could have an anal (laughs) orgasm. You know what I mean? It was just like, I remember the feeling was very like guilt. You know, there's a wash of guilt, you know, of like, oh no, but you're at the same time thinking yes. And so those two just get interwoven in this little fabric of like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like one of my favorite things about being a little and doing little things is like having whoever's being like the bigger person uh, talk to me about how I'm so out of not out of control but I, I can't help what my body's doing you know mm-hmm. you can't oh little poor little girl's so horny you know you can't help that you're just like you know going through puberty and you, you're so horny you can't don't even know what to do with your body it's just out of control right like this idea mm-hmm. that your body is just acting of its own volition doing what it's naturally meant to do that's kind of like what i also like in breeding fantasies where it's like this is what you're meant to do your mm-hmm. body is like you know i get so wet that i'm just dripping thinking about being bred right mm-hmm. but i can't control that reaction feeling guilt surrounding that feeling mm-hmm. guilt surrounding like the horniness or have enjoying whatever's happened to me in little space it's that idea of like your body taking control and like i, I I love that, like, you know, indulge intrusive thoughts at orgasm because that is kind of your, in that same moment, I think what's so sexy about it is that your body is taking control. Like, that is what you, on some subconscious, semi-conscious level, are just wanting and projecting into your mind. But we feel guilt about that lack of control because Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be in control of our lives so often that, like, 
once we lose that, it feels good mm-hmm. to just kind of like be mm-hmm. in ourselves and like let our bodies and ourselves be doing what they should. But there's guilt associated with it. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't, that's hot though. I like that. And it is kind of like, <laughs> even in the moment you can, you can know that you're going to feel a little bit more guilt in the future and just like, that's not, that's sufficient yeah. unto the day or the evil, is there evil era? But you just gotta you like know? let that go Let it go minute. right now. Be here and with it now. In the future, you'll deal with a little bit more guilt and then you just move on too. Because if you worry in the present, up, then you fuck you, up you the, miss it. you miss it and you fuck up the after effect too. Like if you just like live in that moment let the guilt hit, hit you afterwards and enjoy the guilt also, right? right? Don't let the fear of the guilt in the moment ruin that right. moment. Let it all wash over you and be present and then be present with whatever feeling of guilt so that your brain then learns, okay, do we want to do this again or not or how often or how to, you know, and you'll kind of do that subconsciously anyway. And then in the next moment, just don't beat yourself up. Just go, okay, <laughs> that's what we did. Let's move on, you know? <laughs> Than how to enjoy guilty pleasure orgasms, you know. But that's the same thing with anything. If you find yourself eating a bag of potato chips, sometimes it feels, you know, good to be bad a little bit, you know, when you're eating too much. And it's okay to have that feeling and just sink into like, oh, I ate too much. But then you'll probably learn in the future you don't really want to eat too much and then just move on. The thing that I fear about indulging in this fetish is that acknowledging it ruins its potency in some way. So like if you know you like feeling guilty after you come, Mm -hmm. then it kind of incentivizes you to find things that you might feel guilty about. But at the same time, if you are aware that you might feel guilty about them, are you really going to feel as guilty? You know, like how many, how many opportunities are there for you to find that natural, uh, you know, just occurring in nature on its own guiltiness that you encounter and can enjoy, right? It feels like as I imagine a uh, fantasy more and more, right? Mm-hmm. Its potency, it becomes more normalized. It becomes a thing that I might become a little desensitized to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's some things that are always going to feel guilty to me mm-hmm. imagining, right? But there's some things that I think like, yeah, you know, I could come thinking about that and feel a little bad about it, but it's like, I felt bad about that for like the last 10 years. So, like, yeah, well, maybe... I don't think your stuff is as deep as mine from the religion. Cause, like, yeah, that... that's the thing is, I really wasn't, I didn't get yeah. that. Cause for me, I mean, the, that kind of like semi non consent fantasy stuff, it's, I mean, I have every different version, you know, I, and I'll rewrite that, you know, I mean, it's, there's always little changes to scripts and scenes and whatever, but if I want to feel guilty, I know how to feel guilty and the sting doesn't get taken away. Mm. That being said, it's like, I just less and less enjoy that feeling. I just, I, I lean more toward more wholesome feelings as I, especially as I get older, you know? Yeah. Well, same, but all right. Right. Leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> On a wholesome note. Yeah. You know, from incel thruple and pedophiles on Molly to women running babies. Women running babies. Let's not forget. This has been another NPR production out of Safe Space Studios. We're broadcasting on 66.6 FM. That's KFUX. Peace. Ciao. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.